It's good to know some things never change, no matter what's going on in the world, like the satisfying sound of snow crunching under your boots, or how every family seems to have their own secret huckleberry picking spots, or how there's always room for a little more meat in your freezer, no matter how many hunting trips you go on. One other thing that will never change? Whitefish Credit Union's commitment to you. This year, next year, and always. Whitefish Credit Union. Subject to membership eligibility. The Flathead's only local sports talk show. The Knock on Sports. Six to eight weeknights. Only on 96.5 and 600 KGEZ. Here's your host, Anthony Knockreiner. Welcome back inside the Whitefish Credit Union Studios as we get ready to talk about the NCAA tournament as it is going to happen this weekend. Obviously, a few changes compared to how it usually is uh, done and how it usually comes together. But either way, really exciting that we will have the NCAA tournament back and we have some exciting college basketball to break down with our next guest, Greg Peterson from the Vegas Stats and Information Network and host of Hooping with Hoops. Greg, it is great to chat with you once again, man. I know it's been a while, but it's great to talk college basketball and the NCAA tournament with you once again. It is great to be on, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. Well, Greg, let's just start here. Give me your thoughts. The fact that we are going to have the NCAA tournament when at this time last year uh, it was canceled and we weren't sure and ultimately it didn't happen. So your thoughts on the NCAA tournament actually happening now after last year? Well, it means I watch rom-coms on Netflix, which is a very good thing. Nobody wants that. I mean, (laughs) I know that Kate Upton might be a talented actress and everything, but man, I was a wreck when we did not wind up having it. So, Needless to say, I am very happy about the fact that we are having March Madness. Obviously, it's not necessarily going to be what we are used to. It's all going to be played in one state. There's going to be a lot of COVID-19 testing. And we're probably going to see players wind up getting isolated throughout the NCAA tournament. I mean, it's just one of those things that it is a little bit of a sad reality of where we are right now. But just the fact that we're going to have this NCAA tournament back, the fact that we have college basketball back in our life, it's absolutely tremendous. It's great for the kids. It's great for advertisers. I mean, it's just great all around. And I think that is a sign of normalcy returning because when you really knew that things were going to be abnormal with the pandemic, I felt like was when the NCAA wound up getting the NCAA tournament wound up getting shut down. That's when you knew it was really real. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was opening my show with the fact that, yeah, it's finally that week and, you know, it's a lot better than it was last year when we just weren't sure what was going on at that particular time in sports being completely uh, shut down. And uh, Greg, with that being said, obviously a lot of people are going to be betting on the NCAA tournament. A lot of money uh, goes into betting and gambling when it comes to the NCAA tournament. Now that Montana sports betting has actually launched off the ground, it's a very different book than the Vegas books, but I just want to get your thoughts as people in Montana get ready to bet the NCAA tournament for the first time. What's a piece of advice you would give people uh, that are looking to bet this weekend? The biggest piece of advice I would give you is don't necessarily bet according to your bracket. With your bracket, be much more willing to take chances on like a 5 versus a 12 matchup rather than taking that 12 seed on the money line to be able to win outright at a plus price. Because if you see something like the Ohio Bobcats, for example, they are very much a chic 14, uh, a chic 13 over a four matchup. You've obviously got UC Santa Barbara as well. Instead of just going for the money line and going for that plus price, you're going to be able to get like 
eight-ish points with a lot of these underdogs, and that really increases your chances of being able to win these bets. And at the same time, if you like a chalky favorite, like, say, a four-seed like a Virginia, you would probably be better off just laying the points if you really have conviction with that team rather than laying, like, minus 500, where you have to put down $500 just to get back $100. You want to be keeping the juice right around minus 110, which means that you need to hit about 52.38% of your bets to be able to break even. So just avoid trying to go absolutely crazy when you've got easy winners out there where you don't wind up getting there because you wind up getting greedy on the money line. And at the same time, don't wind up just laying these astronomical numbers because one loss is going to put you way behind the eight ball if you wind up taking it with like one of these five seeds. Right now, we are with Greg Peterson from the Vegas Stats and Information Network and host of Hooping with Hoops as we are breaking down the NCAA tournament. Uh, Greg, uh, speaking of betting, I got one for you here. As Gonzaga has looked extremely tough all year long. They've played some tough competition. So what do you think about this? I'll give you the field or you take Gonzaga to win the national championship. Who do you like? I'm taking the field. I mean, anytime you get that, you could give me like the Los Angeles Lakers and I would still take the field <laughs> because it is such a strange year. You could just have the wrong time, a COVID-19 test, come back for Gonzaga, and all of a sudden, who knows what happens from there. There's just so much uncertainty that even though you have the best team in the field in Gonzaga, they have their weaknesses as well. We saw them get exposed down low a little bit earlier in the year when they wound up playing against West Virginia. West Virginia was able to pose at them a couple matchup issues because they were able to go down low with Derek Culver and at the time when he was on the team, Oscar Sheboy. And when it comes to Gonzaga, that is a little bit of an Achilles heel, which I think could present a little bit of an issue for them if they do wind up making that national title game. So, I mean, should Gonzaga be the favorite? Yes. If you gave me every team in the field versus Gonzaga, though, I'm always going to take my chances on every single team. Well, Greg, uh, speaking to that, as you mentioned, just the uncertainties that could go happen that could go into this tournament. Uh, speaking to that, we've got a t- couple teams, and I know we'll get into this matchup as well. But you look in the West already. You got a team like Kansas. You got a team like Virginia that had to shut down because of positive tests last week. Hopefully, they'll be able to play, and hopefully, everybody will be able to be on the floor. But what do you think about that? As these teams are coming back from not playing, and because of the, they're coming back from COVID, what do you think about it? Does that put them on upset special? I do think that it certainly affects them, and you want to be taking a look at the specifics of it as well. It seems like Kansas and the Big 12 in general a little bit more lenient with regards to their COVID-19 protocol rather than the ACC. With the ACC, they are a little bit more stingy with that regard, and when you take a look at everything that is going to be going on with Virginia, it sounds like they're going to be flying in less than 24 hours before their game against Ohio. So you want to be taking a look at the specifics of it. It is something that you want to be monitoring throughout the weekend. One piece of advice that I'll give you as well with regards to filling out your bracket Don't be afraid to wind up filing it at the last minute this year because that way you're going to be able to acquire more information about what you're exactly going to be able to get out of Kansas and what you're going to be able to get out of Virginia as well. So I would certainly be taking a look at that, monitoring it very heavily. If Kansas is at full staff and if Virginia is able to get out there a little bit earlier, that's terrific for them, but circumstances might not necessarily be in their favor. 
Greg, a Big Sky Conference team that's made it is Eastern Washington. They're getting ready to take on one of those teams, which being Kansas. What do you think about that matchup, and do you see Eastern Washington having a chance to potentially pull off an upset? If Kansas is not necessarily at 100%, yes. If Kansas is at 100%, this is just an absolutely terrible matchup because with David McCormick, he has been able to do a great job down low. O'Shea Ogbaji, I think he's going to be able to do a good job of being able to neutralize the talented backcourt that Eastern Washington has. And as we know, Eastern Washington, the same team that they very nearly went to Pullman and wound up getting a win there earlier in the year. This is also an Eastern Washington team that they very nearly knocked off Arizona. So they've done it against good competition. They wound up surging down the stretch. Eastern Washington, they themselves know about COVID-19 protocols. They know about having their season get derailed a little bit with that regard, but I do think that this is just a little bit of a poor draw for Eastern Washington. If they would have faced off against one of those Big Ten teams like Ohio State or even a Iowa, even though they're on the two-line, I would actually like them a little bit more than here against a Kansas team that prior to their COVID-19 positive was actually surging very much so. Greg, looking at a region here, east, the west, as well as the south and the midwest, which one is the toughest right now? The one that is the toughest, I would have to say, is Baylor's region out there in the, I believe that is the east, it might be the midwest, but Baylor's region, in my opinion, is the absolute toughest, just because they might have to face off against the North Carolina team in the round of 32 that I think can really expose what they don't do well. And that's being able to win down low. You've got three different guys that give you at least 6.8 rebounds per game. That would be Armando Baycoat, Garrison Brooks, along with Dayron Sharp. And then if they wind up making it pass there, I think that they're going to be playing against a Purdue team that they pretty much have home court advantage throughout the NCAA tournament with all these games being played in the state of Indiana. You do have two guys down low and Travion Williams and Zach Eady that rank at the top 75 when it comes to rebounds on a per-minute basis as well. Purdue has been able to do a much better job with regards to their perimeter defense as well. Baylor, a team that ranks top in all of college basketball when it comes to three-point shooting percentage, but we know that if there is one thing that winds up going in these unfamiliar settings, having tired legs, what have you, it is the outside shot. And I think that that is really going to bode very poorly for Baylor, especially given who they might need to play in order to make the Final Four. Greg Peterson joining us on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline. He is from the Vegas Stats and Information Network and host of Hooping with Hoops as we are breaking down the NCAA tournament and helping you potentially fill out your bracket as we get ready for the NCAA tournament later this weekend. Uh, Greg, we see it all the time. It's either a 13-4 and four or usually a 12-5 and a five matchup. Do you see one where you could see the uh, lower seed getting the upset this weekend? I do think that we are going to see UC Santa Barbara in that 5-12 matchup being able to come through. I really like what I've seen out of the Gauchos recently. They've got two guys that transfer in from the Pac-12, Corey McLaughlin, who won the beginning of his career at Oregon State. And then you've also got Miles Norris, a guy that is able to do a very solid job when it comes to coming over from Oregon, guy that shoots 40% from three-point range. I think that that's a team that is going to be able to potentially pull an upset. And then if you're taking a look at maybe a little bit more of like a two-seed that winds up going out in the first weekend, 
The one that I really am not bullish on is Iowa. I think that Oregon has a chance to be able to make the Sweet 16. And I, as a matter of fact, I've actually got them going into the Elite Eight because when you take a look at Oregon, this is a team that they were without Will Richardson for much of the year. You can tell that they were trying to get him reacclimated in late January, early February. Things were able to fire on all cylinders going into that Pac-12 tournament before they ran into a white-hot Oregon State Beavers team. So those are a couple of upsets that I'm going to be taking a look at. Greg, you mentioned a hot team right now. Georgetown won that won the Big East. Oregon State winning its first Pac-12. Do you see uh, either one of them making some noise, or do you have another team that's coming in really hot that you think could make some noise in the tournament? How about Oral Roberts? I think that this 15 seed has a chance to be able to pull the jugular and go outright against Ohio State. Oral Roberts is a team that they lead off college basketball when it comes to free throw shooting percentage. Kevin O'Banner along with Max Amos, actually the top-scoring duo in all of college basketball, averaging over 42 points per game. They're a team that is a collective, ranked in the top 15 when it comes to three-point shooting percentage. Ohio State is not playing a lick of defense. It sounds like Kyle Young, one of their starters for Ohio State, he's currently in concussion protocol. We don't know if he's going to wind up playing. That limits them a little bit more. Ohio State just wanted to bribe having their heart ripped out in overtime in the Big Ten tournament. I think that everything sets up for a mammoth upset, I think that Will Roberts could be able to pull one of the big stunners in all of college basketball. I know these are upsets, but again, you, you kind of talked about a couple of them here with Iowa potentially and now Ohio State. Big Ten got a lot of teams in, I think the most, that they've had in conference history. So do you trust the Big Ten or could they have a, a – we've seen the Big Ten have disastrous years with a lot of teams that we think should go, don't go. you think the Big Ten's set up for a, a disappointment? I think that those middling teams like Maryland, Wisconsin, I think that they're going to be doing for some early exits. I don't think that that's going to be the case for Rutgers, who's going up against a Clemson team that I have absolutely no idea why they wound up getting a seventh seed. So there's that aspect of it. But I think some of those middling teams are going to be in for it a little bit. But I take a look at Purdue and Illinois. I think that both of these teams have the potential to make a Final Four run or potentially even get into the national championship. I think that they are that good. So I do think that with the Big Ten, it's a little bit of a mixed bag. I think that you're going to have a couple teams that they wind up going out a little bit early. I think that Michigan with Isaiah Livers being on the shelf, I think that that's going to hurt them a little bit. So I see them being a little bit of a disappointment. But all in all, I do think that for the Big Ten, you're going to have some highs and you're going to have some lows with this conference. As you have a couple teams that are going to be able to go deep and you have a couple teams that they are going to be packing their bags very early. Greg, a team that was a sweetheart a couple of years ago, Loyola Chicago. They come in as an eight seed here against the ACC champ Georgia Tech. What do you think about Loyola Chicago? Can they make another run? I don't think so. The big thing with this Loyola Chicago team is that you've got one guy averaging more than nine points per game. Cameron Crotway, again, he really is the Ethan App of the Missouri Valley Conference. 13.6 rebounds, right around three assists, a block, a steal per game. Also shoots 65% the free throw line, but you take a look at Loyola Chicago, they just have too much blah. I mean, you've got a bunch of guys that they give you right around eight points per game. They all seem to shoot about 34 to 36% from three-point range. Just as if you dip below that number, you're mandated to make three straight threes. If you get above 37%, well, you need to miss a couple, so that way you're in line with everyone else. And you're going up against the Georgia Tech team that features Jose Alvarado. Second in the country when it comes to steals per game with Alvarado as well. He does a good job of being able to shoot from three right around 40%. Georgia Tech is essentially a clone of what Loyal Chicago is, only they do so better. They've got better athletes in general. I think the Loyal Chicago just got an absolutely terrible draw 
in this one, which is why I think that they're going to be going home without winning a game in the NCAA tournament. Right now we are with Greg Peterson, host of Hooping with Hoops, as we were breaking down the NCAA tournament. Uh, Greg, uh, just just one more question for you here. Uh, obviously, we talked about Gonzaga. They have been a really strong team. I know you can look at the number one seeds, obviously, as contenders. But how many teams do you really think can contend for a national championship? How many do you put in that category right now? Well, I certainly do think that Gonzaga is a contender for the national title. I think that Baylor, even though I have them going out a little bit early, I think that they are a team that's going to be able to contend as well. And then the other team I think really can do so, Illinois. I think that Illinois, along with Baylor and Gonzaga, are the three that can really do so. I know it's boring picking all one seeds, but <laughs> I just don't see it really from these two seeds. You've got too much volatility with Alabama. Texas is a team that's been able to emerge, and Oklahoma State as well. But and with Oklahoma State, they turn the ball over a little bit too much. And with Texas, you just don't know what you're going to be able to get night in and night out from the outside shooting. So three out of the four one seats, I think, has the potential. And if Isaiah Livers comes back from Michigan, then we're going to be looking at something differently. But it looks like he's either going to be very limited or not playing at all, which is why I just don't think that Michigan is going to be able to have the chops to be able to do it. My feature guest, Greg Peterson from the Vegas Stats and Information Network and host of Hooping with Hoops. Greg, if they want to follow your work, how can they do that? On social media, at GUnit underscore 81 on Twitter. That is hub for everything. And then my podcast, Hooping with Hoops, it releases at midnight Pacific, 1 a.m. Mountain Time every single day. You're able to get that wherever you get your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and that's H-O-O-P-I-N, Hooping with Hoops. Greg, really appreciate the time. Really appreciate the insight as well. And uh, you have a great rest of your night, man. Look forward to chatting with you down the road. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me.